Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. If I say we win, now say it like you just won. We win. Praise God. Amen. We are transformed to overcome the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 1. 1 John 5 and 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him. Also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. And keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. That we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that cometh by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is a spirit bearing witness with us because the spirit is truth. Everybody say, thank the Lord. Lord, I praise you today. I ask, Lord, for your help. I ask for your anointing. God, in this study tonight, let it equip your people, Lord, to live in a state of victory. Not a state, God, that is about an emotion or a feeling, but rather a fact that I am an overcomer. Lord, and I am not going to be overcome by the world, but I'm going to overcome the world. I am not going to be conformed to the world, but I am going to be transformed by the power of God. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. Where's our starting point in this battle that we are fighting? Where's our beginning point? I want to make a dec- declaration tonight that every temptation, every trial, every test we face, We win. Every trial you face, you win. That's the starting point. Before the temptation ever comes, you've been set up to win. Before the test ever comes, you've been set up to win. You will find example after example 
testimony after testimony that proved no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the physical reality, regardless of the battle, we win. People that should be defeated are not because of the fact the Lord has set us up to win. No matter what we go through, we win. Even in death, we win. Over doubt, we win. Over perversion, we win. Over fear and rejection, we win. Over bitterness and offense, we win. Over jealousy and anxiety, we win. Over gossip and slander, we win. Over unforgiveness and rebellion, we win. Over the schemes and strategies of Satan, we win. We win by the word of God. We win by the blood of Jesus. We win by the name of Jesus. We win by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we win by the authority of the kingdom. We win. We win. So by faith we face the challenges before us, the trials before us, the attack before us, the world system that is before us. And I want to say to you, please do not allow yourself to get sucked into the mentality of today that, 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 that this world is fighting. You've got, you've got this one fighting that one. And now they're canceling, canceling out the counselors. The counselors. That's a hard thing to say. Those that are of the cancel culture are now canceling each other out. Crazy. The enemy of your soul is aggressive in his plan for your demise. Satan wants your demise. He wants your defeat and your destruction. But I want to tell him tonight we are destined to win. No matter what he throws our way, we are set up to win. The enemy is intent on killing your joy, stealing your peace, destroying your, your strength. But I want to tell him tonight, I'm destined to win. I'm destined to win. Even if it doesn't look like it on the outside, on the inside, I'm winning. Regardless of what I face in my life, in relationships, I am set up by the hand of God to win. Can you thank the Lord for that? Can you thank the Lord for that? As we, we have said before, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. We've been teaching on transformation and being transformed during our 37 days of consecration. And, and we understand, I hope you understand, the battle is real. We're not trying to ignore the battle. We're not saying that the conflict between the worlds are, are, are not there, but, but they are there. It boils down to this one issue, and that there is only two nations at war today. In our world, there's only two nations or two worlds that are in conflict. Amen. Those worlds are either, as Colossians 1 and 13 says, we have been delivered from the power of of darkness and have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. There's only two worlds fighting right now. And they fight in the spirit realm that is presenting themselves in the natural. But I want to tell the devil today that his Armageddon is coming. His Waterloo is coming. 
His day is coming when, when Satan would not only be cast out of heaven, amen, as the prince of power of the air, but he's going to be cast into a bottomless pit. Hallelujah, and we win. We win. We don't go looking for the battle, but when the battle comes to our doorstep, we win. We fight, we win. We should not have to think twice about engaging the enemy. We should not be intimidated. Amen. But we should have an automatic response. What happened? Well, I went to war because I knew I would win. If you're in the Lord's army, if you have been chosen by him to serve him, if you obey him, if you live for him, you will battle and you will fight but know this, you are fighting because you're going to overcome. Hallelujah. The old song we used to sing in, in, in children's church was, The devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I'd put him in the box. Amen. I'd lock the box and I would throw away the key for all those tricks he's played on me. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. Lest Satan should, be, should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. When he comes to your door and he shows up. Oh, it's you. I knew you'd come. So just go away in Jesus' name. Because I have the victory. The key to spiritual victory is having the correct intelligence and information so that we could root out the schemes and the devices of our adversary. The war is real. I'm not trying to minimize that. It started at Eden when Satan moved and tricked. Satan used a serpent to trick Eve. He moved in, in Cain to destroy his brother Abel. He moved in Babel to, to Bethlehem, and he still continues today. The only difference in the war from Adam until now is that there was a second Adam that come and won the victory at a place called Calvary. Can you give God praise for that? I don't know about you, but I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the presence and power of God that the people of God are rising up and up and that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In basic training, I've never been there. I know we got some that have, but in boot camp, 
It's one of the most intense times that a soldier goes through. My dad talked about it. I've heard Brother B talk about it. It's an intense time. There's a reason why they call it boot camp. In basic training, a soldier learns three valuable lessons. Number one, he learns his identity, name, rank, serial number. He learns submission. He learns the authority of those who are higher ranking, saluting, submitting to authority. Amen. He he not only learns to submit to authority, he submits his body to the authority. And then the identity of the enemy is the third thing that they learn. My dad said they played uh, back then films, you know, back when they had films, not movies, but films. They played films that, that would show the enemy and reveal what the enemy was all about and learning your enemy. Amen. I believe that if we're going to have victory over the enemy, we need to know, first of all, who we are. We talked about that Sunday. We know who we are and our position in Christ. Then we are submitted to Christ. We are submitted to his authority. We have presented our body a living sacrifice. That's what we talked about in the beginning of this transformed series. We are submitted to him. But thirdly, we know the enemy. We can pick out his schemes. We can pick out his plan. And we can overcome in Jesus' name. The first step for any soldier in training is to learn about the strategies and the weapons of the enemy that the enemy would use against him. Hell has schemes and plots and plans for you to go under. That's what hell is planning against you today. It's methodical and intentional. Do not, hear me, do not try to outsmart the devil with your own mind. Don't use your own thinking. The wisest men are absolutely helpless in attempting to outwit the devil by themselves. So Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. Spiritual ignorance of your adversary and your adversary's devices will lead a person to defeat. Poor military intelligence will lead to ineffective maneuvers. But you, my brother and sister, have put on the armor of God that you can stand against the wiles. One of my favorite, one of my favorite cartoons. I know it's not politically correct, but I still love it. Is Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. I love it. Can I see a show of hands? This is spiritual right now. Anybody that love that show? Woo! I love that show. What is it about the roadrunner? He always wins. The Wiley Coyote has all these acne products that he tries to scheme and connive. And, you know, he's got... He's got these rocks he puts over here on springs and it's going to go boing, boing, and then fall on old, old Roadrunner. And so Roadrunner goes and he stops on the target where there's some seed and he goes, 
meep, meep, it goes off. And Wiley Coyote does what? He goes over there and wonders why it doesn't work. And he's standing underneath that. And then all of a sudden, here comes the rock. Boom. The word Wiley Coyote is exactly the same word that is used in this place. Devil, you're scheming against God's people and it's going to backfire as long as I'm submitted to Christ, as long as I know who I am, it's going to backfire. You thought you had me and I went through some stuff. I went through some trials, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to go eat me some seed and beep, beep. I'm going on. The Greek word here is methodoa, which means schemes, method, trickery. The Greek word here means to, to, to follow up or investigate with a method or a plan, cunning, deceit, crafty, trickery, methodology. Demons are working right now on how they could try to overcome God's people. They've been trying it for 2,000 years. But since the Lord has resurrected from the tomb, I have kingdom authority over him in the name of Jesus. And there will be a revelation of how I can overcome him. He comes as an angel of light. I can find that out. Amen. By revelation of the Lord. He comes as, as a wolf in sheep's clothing. He tricks. He's the snake in the grass. Hell's battle and scheme is one of deception and trickery. Don't buy what, it's, what he's selling. Satan cannot create, so the only thing he can do is counterfeit. Satan knows that as long as you are under the dominion of God, as long as you are under the covering of God, he cannot get you. He cannot trick you. He wants to relocate your position and take you down from sitting with Christ in heavenly places so he can gain access in your life. Charles Spurgeon says this. He had the following comment about our, our adversary, the devil. He says, quote, He will attack you sometimes by force and sometimes by fraud. By might or by sleight of hand, he will seek to overcome you, and no unarmed man can stand against him. Never go out without your armor on, for you can never tell when you may meet the devil. He is not omnipotent, but nobody can tell where he is not, for he and his troops of devils appear to be found everywhere in this earth, unquote. What is he saying? Get ready. Go armed. Open your day with I win. Begin your day with I know you're going to come against me. I know you're going to try to get me, but I'm beginning my day with I win. I win. I win. In the name of Jesus, I win. I win. So against the wiles, the tactics, the tactics of destruction, the tactics of deception, the tactics of division, of lying, distorting, counterfeiting, masquerading, arrogance, discouragement, self-pity, and on and on and on. He uses those to be snares. Everybody say snares. 1 Timothy 3 and 7. So we have wiles, 
Now we have snares. Moreover, he must be a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Hell operates with methods that are meant to entrap us. Darkness has a strategy to victimize you. To cause you to come under defeat in a way that catches you. The writer of Psalms said it like that. Surely he had delivered thee from the snare of the fowler or the trap setter. Amen. He has delivered you from the snare. The word snare is an interesting Greek word. It means the Greek word for snare is pegasus. Pegasus. It means that that like a bird that has been entrapped or caught unexpectedly, suddenly. It, it is whatever brings peril or loss or destruction or a sudden unexpected deadly end. It is an allurement and a seduction that sin brings to us this trap. A, a pegasus describes a trick or a temptation that Satan puts in front of you. Matter of fact, the Greek, uh, 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 the Trojan horse is a pegasus. It was sent in to look like it was a gift. It was to look like it was something that would quit buying what Satan's selling. It's a trap. It's a trap. Well, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I don't understand all this kind of stuff. And I think I'll go in a different direction. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a snare. It may look like a gift. It may look like a present. It may look like it's really freedom. But it's bondage. Hidden within the Trojan horse of his snare is to entrap God's people. Jesus said to Peter, Simon Peter, Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you, that he may trap you, that he may catch you in that snare. I want to tell you today, I pray that we will understand the power of discernment to say, That is not of God. I'm moving on. Praise God. Somebody say amen. amen. Then he says in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, we got wiles, we got snares. In this verse, he says devices. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. By the way, great sound tonight with this mic. Thank you. I know y'all been working hard to get this corrected, and I appreciate it. Give the sound people a great big hand. <laughs> Devices in the Greek means a mental perception. It's not this. Okay? Devices in this setting means a mindset, a pattern of thinking. This is hell's major weapon of mass destruction. It's to get in here. That's right here. Because if he can get in here and captivate our mind, then he's captivated our action. Because every action begins with a thought. If he captivates our way of thinking, I want to tell you this. I am convinced that the mark of the beast in the book of Revelation is not a stamp. It is not a chip. This is my opinion. Okay? I don't believe that it is something that you, 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 you will find it being put in you, but rather it is in your head. 
and in your right hand. When he writes about the mark of the beast, he said it is the number of man. It is 666. It is man's ultimate number for perfecting himself. So it is the concept of thinking and acting. Today we are seeing how this is coming out. Is that if you don't think like us and you don't act like us, we're going to make sure you can't buy or sell. While people are... It's Pastor Gill now, okay? While people are looking for a chip and they're worried about a stamp and they're worried about something being in, in put in their body, it's what we're putting in our mind every day. It's what we're watching. It's what we're partaking of. And it's what we ingest. If we ingest the things of this world until it begins to a point where well, there's really nothing wrong with that. How many people have changed their thinking from things that used to be wrong 20 years ago in the book wrong? Not subjectively my opinion, but objectively wrong in the book. But now, well, that world may have a good point. Mm -hmm. We are not ignorant of his devices. We are not ignorant. Come on. I see the mark of the beast coming a mile away. I don't have to sit in fear. Please hear your pastor. Quit sitting in fear, worrying about you're going to take the mark of the beast. You can see it coming a mile away. It's not going to be snuck in on you when you have the mind of Christ. When you have been marked with the mind of Christ. Oh, praise be to God. I don't have 666 in my thinking. I've got 777 in my thinking. It's not that man can... This is not my notes, but I'm preaching it anyway. It's not that man works himself out. It's that God is my ultimate perfection. Come on, love him right now. Hallelujah. Where did Satan attack Eve? Right here. Satan attacked Eve in her thinking. You know, God doesn't want you to touch that tree or taste that tree because then you'll become like him. She already was like him. The devil is a sly fox. If I could catch him, one of these days God is. Going to catch him, not put him in a box, but put him in a bottomless pit. I want to be there to watch him. For all those tricks he's played on me, I want to watch him. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you this. If you succumb to a scheme of the devil and you get defeated by the scheme of the devil, it's not over. Run back to the cross. Run back to the cross. Run back to repentance. Run back to the truth and say, I will follow the truth. Amen. So we've got to be careful of his wiles, his methods. We've got to be careful of his traps, his snares. And we've got to be careful of his devices, his way of thinking. But look what our scripture says. 1 John 5 and 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that, be, that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this, we may know that we love the children of God 
when we love God and. Somebody say and. Oh, I love God. But are you keeping his commandments? Love is not some free, lucid thing that I'm picking and choosing how I want to live. I can't help who I love. Well, if it doesn't line up with his commandments, I sure can. Love is connected to my obedience. If I love him, I'm going to obey his commandments. I'm going to follow his commandments because I love him. Hallelujah. So what is the keys to overcoming here? Believe that Jesus is the Christ. That means I believe he's my savior. I believe he's the anointed one. I believe he's my Messiah. I believe that he was sent here to save me and that he's the Lord of glory and the one on the throne. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. Then I'm going to love Jesus and love his people. This is how we overcome. Love Jesus and love his people. Then I show the love of God by keeping his commandments. Then look at what he said. The commandments of God are not grievous. Revelation hit me, Lord. Revelation hit us tonight. The reason we consider the commandments of God grievous is because we have taken it as the word of man and not God. God's commandments are not heavy. They are not hard. They are not difficult. And they are not oppressive. Amen. Separation from the world is not oppressive when you love Jesus. Separation from the world is not oppressive when you love his people. Living right is not oppressive. Telling the truth. Staying away from uh, things like, like jealousy and, and envy and strife and division is not oppressive. When I love God and I love his people, that means I'm going to make sure my relationship with God is right and my relationship with you is right. This is how we overcome. The Greek word for overcome means victor. It's where we get the word Nike. Nike. The verb means to conquer, to have victory, to have superiority. When we accept the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and that he is the Christ, that he is the Lord, when we enter into a personal relationship with him and love him and love his church, we are automatically participating in victory. For Jesus said, These things have I spoken to you that you might have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. How many of you remember our, our dear uh, sister Jessica standing right here and say, I choose joy. I choose joy. You know what? That's a winning spirit. That's an overcoming mindset. I overcome not because of my problems around me or how bad my life is or how things are happening to me, but I choose to win. I choose to overcome. How? Because I know he's Lord and I love him and I love his people and his commandments are not hard. Because I love him. Jesus is saying, I conquered Satan's system. I conquer Satan's tricks. 
I conquered Satan's devices, so you can too. Somebody say, that's for me. And John writes, And whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The believer overcomes the invisible spiritual systems of evil that struggle to squeeze us into a worldly thinking. We conquer them by taking on the systems of Christ, by taking on the mindset of Christ, by becoming like Jesus. Don't call yourself a Christian and just think you can live unlike Christ. Amen. If I'm going to be a Christian, I must live like Christ. I'm not going to call myself an apostolic and not live like Christ. I want to live like Christ. I want the attitude of Christ. I want the mindset of Christ. Should it be that we would would perhaps be better off pattern our life so much about the apostles, but rather pattern our life about the Christ that they patterned their life after. Let's pattern after Jesus. He is our Messiah and example. But overcoming the world is not a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. It's a constant thinking in our mind. Anyone who tries to tangle with the world today will end up bloody. Let me just tell you, we are going to be Holy Ghost filled so that when the world comes and asks us questions about some of the stuff that we're dealing with, LGBTQ and all the other issues of our day, uh, 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 when the world comes, we're going to have an answer that is in love, but that we're not afraid and intimidated to answer. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Because if I know what the word says, I can stand before the world at work, at job, at the university, wherever it may be. And I can stand in the fact that I win. They may win an argument, but I still win. Still win. Praise God. We are not against the people of the world. We're not against those that that follow the lifestyle. We are against the spirit behind it. We are against the God of this world that has blinded their minds. Look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit. (laughs) Let us not swallow everything hook, line, and sinker that's on YouTube. Don't swallow hook, line, and sinker every Google search. Google is not God. Wikipedia, just so you know, if you do Wikipedia searches, know this. It was not from educated sources. It's from people all over the world putting their two cents together. Just just be careful about trying spirits, but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is not of God. Find a spirit and then test it by the deity and the purpose of Jesus Christ. How would he act? What would he do? 
In verse 3 it says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come to the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. What is them? It's the spirit of Antichrist. I've already overcome it. Quit worrying about the mark of the beast. I can't keep from getting back to that. Quit worrying about that because you've already overcome the spirit of Antichrist in this hour. You've already overcome it. And you've overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No matter how 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 it looks like that the world is working together and there's such a pressure today and a pulling away from truth and a leaving from Christian Judeo principles, don't you be upset because you will overcome because greater Greater, greater, not co-equal opposites, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. (laughs) The Bible says that they, those spirits are of the world, wherefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let me ask you this. Over the last two years, have you seen something, whether it be on the news or whether it be in culture or around us, that you saw something and you went, that don't ring true. Have you? Listen to some of the stuff that's come across there. Our, our government's mouth, our media mouth, our world's mouth, saying this is it, this is the way it is. And in your heart you knew, oh, something about that doesn't ring true to me. It just might be that the discerning of the Spirit is upon you to be able to say, I recognize that. And I'm not going to let that win in my mind. I win in my mind. It's not going to have dominion in my thoughts. I recognize that. that that, There's just something not right about that. But in the bottom line, when everything is said and done, when the world system ceases to exist, it's going to be the people of God that stand in victory with Jesus Christ. It's not just a matter of a reality for tomorrow. It's a reality of right now. I'm sitting with him in heavenly places, far above principalities, powers, and I enjoy that same victory that he won at the cross. Stand with me, please. Turn to three people. Tell them, I win. I win. I win. Now, I want, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to do it again, but I want you to listen to me. I want you to turn to those same three people and tell them like your favorite ball team just won. That your Super Bowl team just won. That your favorite, your favorite thing you'd like to buy just went on a 75% off sale. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, I win. 
Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.